If you enjoy listening to Voices in Cloud, check out David Linthicum's reports on gigaohm.com. They're about data complexity and cloud solutions, addressing many of the topics covered in this podcast series. Hey guys, welcome to the GigaOM Voices in Cloud podcast. This is the one place where you hear from industry thought leaders, providing no-nonsense advice on how to succeed with cloud computing, IoT, edge computing, and cognitive computing. I'm Dave Linthicum, best-selling author, speaker, executive, and D-list geek. And with GigaOM, and joining me today is my special guest and friend, Drew Furman. Drew is the SVP of Cloud Guru. It's a, a cloud training company you guys all should be familiar with. He works closely with the business and technology leaders to help accelerate enterprise cloud adoption. Drew was previously Director of Cloud Engineering at Capital One, where he led the enterprise cloud op- operations with their Cloud Center of Excellence and migrated to the early adopters of Amazon Web Services into production. He founded Capital One's Cloud Engineering College and drove large-scale talent transformation and earned a patent for measuring cloud adoption and maturity. Drew is recognized by Amazon and the AWS community uh, as a hero, ultimately, and also an Alexa champion. I want to hear more about that uh, for his efforts in building inclusive learning communities. So fill us in. What, what's an Alexa champion? <laughs> so uh, when I was at Capital One, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we can do is democratize cloud education. Basically, the I realized very early on that it, it wasn't around about technology, right? It's all about people. Cloud is a culture and at, at, there's a specific language. In this case, at Capital One, AWS was the language. So um, owning third level support at Capital One, it was really in my best interest to try to get folks uh, from WTF to AWS at scale and any means possible. Um, so as part of building a cloud college, what I really wanted to focus on was outcome-based training, getting folks to build uh, you know, something in the cloud, get a free tier, break down those initial barriers to just getting acclimated with, with using, even if it's the, you know, directly the AWS console. So uh, my my wife is a preschool teacher, so um, you know when we have these different uh, drawings on on the, the refrigerator, it seemed like a good idea for adults to have a craft project that they can they can show off. And um, Alexa is a, it was a really really cool tool uh, to be able to build stuff on and get it out to the market uh, very quickly. You can get a, an idea uh, out on the Amazon.com with Alexa, you know, within 24 48 hours. Um, and the cool thing about it is it introduces folks, uh, my, my, my Alexa went off there. I have like 10 of them around the house now because of, of, of that. So, um, so uh, w- when I ended up using the Alexa uh, skills, you end up using Lambda um, and connecting Lambda to things like you know, S3 and other uh, AWS services. And it helps to introduce folks to, to building cool, fun projects. But at the same time, it's a little bit of a Jedi mind trick, right? So you're you're actually introducing them to AWS uh, along the way. So that's where I became a Alexa champion. My daughter, interestingly enough, built some really cool skills, and and she earned um, about uh, six thousand dollars for from uh, Amazon from developer incentives, which actually paid her way to go on a, a school trip to to London. So uh, it's not only fun, but it also could be somewhat profitable, uh, from what from what my daughter tells me. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's people out there building skills all the time and they're making a, a ton of money and solving some big problems. I mean, it's a it's it's a platform unto itself. Um, the whole, you know, chatbot platform, whether it's, uh, you know, Google or Alexa, um, seems to be the place where people are putting a lot of AI-based systems these days. We're building yeah, a lot you, of interfaces. 
Yeah, what's really fascinating too, if you look at um, really in the way that uh, Amazon works, you know, as, as far as building some innovative products and leveraging them and then driving them to scale, um, you know, you could look at Alexa almost as the early beginnings of, of what eventually you could build your way up through to uh, Amazon Connect, which is basically their call center killer, right? So Amazon Connect is a really cool uh, call center platform where you could spin up your own call center within minutes. So I'm assuming a lot of the folks, the millions of folks that are using Alexa are basically doing a lot of machine learning training on Amazon's behalf to make uh, that, um, that platform uh, very consumable for enterprise customers. So what does Cloud Guru do to the audience in? Well, we're teaching the world to cloud. I mean, that's, a, that's our goal. Uh, so we're, we are democratizing education at scale. We have about uh, over one and a half million customers now worldwide. Uh, we spend a lot of time with enterprise customers. Um, and you know, I like to say that I spent uh, a lot of time back in the day trying to migrate workloads to the cloud. Uh, we're, we're focused on migrating talent to the cloud. There's a lot of, of, of folks that, there's a lot of great talent out there in these enterprises, um, and it's time to unleash their greatness and, and provide them uh, you know, a gateway from a legacy mindset, legacy infrastructure, legacy technologies, and guide them in a very easy, methodical, prescriptive way towards uh, you know, th this new operating model uh, in, in terms of cloud computing. So we're, we're very focused on, uh, again, teaching the world that cloud is our mission. We recently acquired Linux Academy, so we're really excited to be expanding our platform uh, in, in terms of our content and our features uh, and, and make it available to our business customers. So how would people typically use this service? Would, would it be uh, typically the individual looking to enhance their career by understanding more about cloud? Would it be enterprises looking to set up uh, course paths and curricula to, you know, teach their folks how to do everything from cloud ops to cloud governance to DevOps in the cloud, yada, yada, yada. How the, is, it, is it typically deep usage or typically kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, occasional usage? Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously have, um, we, where we cut our teeth was the, uh, the individual market, right? Um, so we have a very large group of developers that, that have started to learn AWS from us, um, you know, starting back in, in the early days. That is certainly uh, scaled right now where uh, the majority of our focus is working with business customers. Um, and, and traditionally what they're looking for, you know, the, the CIOs aren't waking up in the morning wondering how many people I got certified today or how many people I got trained today. They have real, deliberate, very specific outcomes that they're driving towards, right? They have a lot of dragons circling their castle, as you know. That, you know how much have I migrated from you know, on-prem to, to, to the cloud today? How well-architected and cloud-native are, are those architectures that we're building in the cloud? Um, you know, how cost-effective are they? Are we right-sizing things? Are we using ephemeral workloads? And ultimately, you're trying to get some, some, some large-scale migrations there so you can get that flywheel of innovation going to, to deliver value to your customers, increase your, your shareholder value, and, and get rid of these anchors of, of these on-prem data centers that have been an albatross around um, a lot of these enterprises' neck for, for, for quite some time. So you know, at the end of the day, there's no other way uh, to get there other than education. So where we work with enterprises, is really trying to get out of the echo chamber of, of the, the, the few that understand it and trying to create a, a large scale fluency within an organization. So generally organizations will start with a large scale training program that's geared towards a, a certification like the Solutions Architect certification. It's, it's like your uh, 
a liberal arts degree in cloud computing, right? You, you, you understand the arts, the sciences, the humanities, the religion of cloud, but the goal of it is not that uh, you know everything. You, you, I like to say you're an expert when you get certified because now you know how much you don't know. And that's really where the starting point is, right? Now you understand the basics of cloud, you have your driver's license and you're ready to start operating and, and be able to consume the rapid uh, pace of change. So getting a large group of people uh, to, to get some level of critical mass is where we have features and services for like this accelerator program where you can group people together. And then eventually, um, then you go to a learning path. So you can start deep diving into you know, developer operations, security, machine learning, more for your continuous uh, learning journey uh, as, as you move forward. So you wrote an interesting article out, out on LinkedIn called Crowd, Cloud Rumblings. And I read it today and figured I'd stick it in the show notes because it really got to a lot of things that we're dealing with today. And I guess it's uh, you know basically um, quick advice in terms of what things are going on in the cloud and I guess truce, so to speak. And first would be cloud adoption, talent transformation, and helping an enterprise win. While engineering challenges abound, the greatest barrier to success is in short supply of cloud-dwelling talent needed to sustain the transition at scale. Uh, this is my story about cloud computing, talent transformation and helping the enterprise win. So is this really about, and I think this is something I put down as a, as a truth as well, that the limitations or the inability for companies to move in the cloud is really limited by the skills and talent around to make that thing happen. I mean, right now, I think we have six jobs chasing one qualified candidate and it's probably gonna get worse you know, over time. So what advice would you give to enterprises and also what advice would you give to computing professionals that are looking to transition into cloud computing? Yeah, that's a great question, David. So I think right now there's like the, the, over 70% of CIOs have a cloud first strategy, if, if not more, right? It's, it's not uh, if, it's, it's when. Um, everybody, I think at this point clearly understands the value of, of, of leveraging cloud and, and, and removing undifferentiated services that you've been building over time to start leveraging the you know, cloud to be able to drive a true business value for the customers. You know, out of those, those organizations, we have 80, you know, 70, 80% of these CIOs wanting a cloud first strategy. There's only 16% of, of, of the industry is skilled to be able to deliver on that value. So there's a pretty massive skills gap. And the one thing I would say to uh, these, um, the leaders within these organizations is you already have the talent in your organization. Um, you hired these people for a reason. They fit your culture. Um, you've, you've already vetted them. They're, they know where the skeletons are in the closets of your data center. There's some really, really bright people that are currently working you know, in the data center and system engineering, system ops, data ops, you know, whatever. Um, you have to be able to provide them a bridge from the as is to wh where you're going and, and show some level of, of commitment for to, to that, to, to provide them the training and the resources to be able to make that happen. So, you know, it's very, very difficult. Everybody's chasing, you know, the, these folks in the market where, you know, you really just need to look in your backyard and figure out how do we invest in, in what we have uh, to be able to drive, um, you know, the getting, getting to uh, a sustainable transition and also bring in your, your, your people along. Yeah, I think you're going to fare a lot better in, in the long term for that. So, you know, for the individuals, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, Cloud is coming. I mean, you know, there's a lot of folks that um, are are already doing it, and I think it could be very intimidating. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of dialect when it comes to the cloud, so it could be a little overwhelming. Um, 
you know, when I walk into a room and, 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 and somebody says, hey, we need to spin up a VPC fronted by an IGW with ELBs on top of uh, EC2s attached with EBS and use RDS and we can leverage S3. You know, if you don't understand what I said, you probably need to get out of the room and figure figure that out, right? Um, you, you, you need to be able to speak the language. So um, you're going to have to invest in yourself. Uh, when, re- when, when your company is, is investing in you, you have to take the time and uh, and be able to to invest in yourself. Um, and we found the easiest way to get there is you know obviously there's a lot of certifications out there, but that their value is really there's a what's in it for me. You get the certification out of it, but it's walking you through the progression of hey I don't know anything about the cloud to now I have some level of validation through a guided path on on how to speak at least the language to get started. I like the next point. Customers don't give a shit about your data center. The rapid commoditization of compute and development services into utilities is already shifting more focus toward the idea of differentiated products in the marketplace and away from underlying means to develop and or deliver. And this is kind of core to what I'm seeing out there. I think that um, you know, in the early days of cloud, I think people were anticipating you know too much of an emphasis in the fact that they you know pride themselves on keeping customer data within a you know enterprise data center and not necessarily in the cloud. In fact, a lot of people put, you know, kind of dumb lines in the sand. So we're never going to move our crown jewels, our data, you know, into the cloud. Well, reality is, you know, four years ago, it became more secure and better performance, more cost effective to be in the cloud than it did within the data center. All you have to do is look at the breaches and and there's not a cloud anywhere near them, the ones that you know make the morning news. So this is kind of ringing true now, even though you wrote this back in 2016. What are your ideas here? Yeah, so, you know, like I spent a lot of time in data centers doing tech refreshes over long weekends, and uh, there's some beautiful data centers out there, right? Um, you know, uh, massive water towers and, and truckloads of, of battery backups and miles and miles of, of cabling that are just, you know, look very, very pretty, you know, under underneath those tile floors and uh, some, you know, get, just uh, Olympic-sized pools of water to keep everything cooled. Um, you know, really, really massive investments go into these data centers. And you know, when I was we were at Capital One, right, and I would ask somebody that has a Capital One card, I, I would say, well, I'm assuming the reason why you have a Capital One card is because we have these beautiful data centers, right? It adds a lot of value, right? They would kind of laugh and chuckle. I was like, yeah, you don't. Nobody gives a shit, right? That that doesn't provide ultimately value of anything. It's actually it's actually detracting from our ability to deliver on better things that we could be doing for our customers in terms of, you know, a mobile app or our true value to the customer, but we're investing too much in undifferentiated heavy lifting, right? So that's really ultimately at, at the end of the day where, uh, you know, nobody, nobody gives a shit about your data centers. And really it kind of extends even further than that, right? I mean, Mark Andreessen, you know, famously talks about, you know, software eating the world and now you have, you know, cloud eating the software, um, and, and, and really where it gets a little bit, you know, maybe uh, I'll step into a little bit, but, you know, DevOps is a great example with, you know, people building, um, you know, these CICD pipelines with basically these science projects that, that um, they're more invested in these platforms that they've built with, you know, Jenkin and Chef and, and this and that. And it's really, really super cool, but it's all custom made. And at the end of the day, again, the customer doesn't care. It's, it's really cool to see that built. Um, but right now, a lot of these cloud providers are building those services and they're, and they're commoditized. Um, you know, you look at what, what AWS is providing and, and, and from a CI/CD you know, pipeline perspective, 
not only can you get something off the shelf like that, um, but you have thousands of engineers in Seattle that are keeping it up to date and making sure that you know it's the latest and greatest version of it. Um, and when you want to train people on it, you know you don't have to have this tribal knowledge being passed from uh, one work group to another development team to another development team. And every time you switch teams, you're you you have to sort of learn the whatever the uh, the the DevOps person thought was the coolest tool at the time. So it really even extends a little bit further beyond data centers. Um, you know, customers don't give a shit about your your CI CD pipeline either, right? So I saw an interesting interesting topic here: how to manage cloud governance with serverless engineering, and that's kind of something you don't hear a lot. We're conflating those terms. So as organizations increase in size, their footprint on the cloud, so does the complexity of managing the cost, compliance, and health of their burgeoning AWS accounts. In response to this challenge, IT enterprise organizations will benefit from embedding a dedicated engineering role within their governance structure. And I've been writing and speaking a lot about cloud complexity and how to manage cloud complexity. And typically it's going to be governance tools. Um, tell me how you, uh, you kind of complete these two topics and, and what also what governance is and why, how it's applied in the enterprise. Yeah, that's probably a good place to start. When we look at enterprises, you, you, you generally have this middle layer between the executive and, and, and the, the folks that are actually doing it with, with the, whether it's the cloud program office or the cloud center of excellence or whatever you happen to call it, right? And they're really tasked with two things. You know, how the hell are we going to go ahead and, and, and do the cloud migrations in terms of our, our cost controls, our, our, our compliance controls, um, you know, architectural best practices, you know, how do we train everybody? I mean, those are generally some of the first class issues that this cloud program team is dealing with and the how. And then there's the, the, the where, a, a when. They have to measure it. At some point, you know, you're going to, people are asking, well, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And beyond you know, measuring it by how, how many data centers do we have left, there's some shorter term measurements that you need to provide in terms of your ability to, to, to get there in terms of how many uh, you know, apps are migrated and, and how well they're architected and cost efficient, et cetera. So you know, that, that program team, I got a lot of pressure uh, on them in terms of delivering on that from a cloud governance perspective, especially in you know, financial institutions and others that have some additional burden from a um, you know, regulatory you know, perspective. So um, while we were at Capital One, we, we started off in that when I was doing cloud operations, I built this thing called a cloud production readiness checklist or CPR. It was the must do's of, of making sure when you're migrating something to the cloud uh, that you need to have, you know, whatever, something's encrypted, you have multiple availability zones, you know, RDS has backup, you know, different things like that across the different services. Um, and really, as we started to scale from, you know, three applications of 30 to 300, trying to get everybody to operate uh, collectively within the, 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 the um, you know, along the lines of those operational guidelines becomes a challenge. So you really need to engineer your, that, that solution. And we are fortunate uh, at Capital One, there's some really, really solid engineers. A buddy of mine, Kapil, um, actually started building this, this tool, which is now open source called Cloud Custodian to solve that problem at scale. And basically what it does, it's a policy rules engine that you can use um, a YAML file to basically define the, uh, how you want your services to operate and then um, you leveraging serverless uh, technology, you can basically monitor through you know, cloud trails or in real time, how folks are spinning up their environments in both dev and prod. 
and then that tool helps to basically uh, you know, make sure that uh, that they're either uh, killing the instances that are, are operating incorrectly or notifying folks that you know they have X number of days to be able to uh, tag it appropriately, otherwise it will be shut down. So that's in essence how I think it's important to, as you go to the cloud, you're not just using the same sort of PMO types of, of approaches to how you're going to manage the, the implementation, but you're engineering uh, your, your, your way to the cloud because now these tools are, are it's just amazing what you can do and you get the right engineers and you get the right mindset. You can remove a lot of levels of, of abstraction and, and get right down to business uh, with it. I think Cloud Custodian is a, a great example of that. So the the last point I think in the article that I that I kind of took to heart was really kind of migrating your talent into the cloud, and so you view it as a key to cloud adoption. I'm paraphrasing now. Talent transformation programs you know, ultimately enable folks to have cloud skills, you know, at an organization level, and the ability to um, migrate talent into the cloud at the same time you migrate the applications. You know, seems to be, at least my point of view, a critical success factor. Mm -hmm. So going forward, you know, how would you kind of advise an uh, enterprise that say it's migrating a thousand applications to the cloud and say half their application portfolio over the next couple of years, and then building change within the organization as well, and not only change in talent, but change in ops models, things like that. Yeah, it's all about scale. Um, you have to cross the chasm, uh, and, and Jeffrey Moore has you know the, the, the crossing the chasm from product adoption. There's a similar model that exists for cultural adoption. And until you can get critical mass of, of in this case, cloud fluency, you're never going to be able to, to uh, make and effectuate change at scale. So, you know, I always kind of go in and, and talk with folks and say, look, if everybody in your organization, you, know, you had 3,000 folks, if you had everybody that was in IT in your organization certified on AWS, would things be different? Would your release management meetings, would your change control board, would your architectural reviews? And, and you know, the obvious answer is yes. It's like, well, why the hell aren't they all certified then? Don't you want things to be different, right? I mean, it's certainly not, there's a lot more complexities to that, but you know, inertia is a bitch and there's a lot of folks that are stuck in the legacy infrastructure, the legacy mindset. And you, in order to get momentum and break through that, that, that legacy mindset to get to the sustainable transition, you have to achieve critical mass. You can't just have this echo chamber of, you know, 20, 50 folks in a cloud center of excellence and expect that somehow you're just going to spend the rest of your life telling people what to do and how to do it. And if they don't do it that way, you're going to slap them on the wrist and put more controls in place. You have to be able to, 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 to train your talent at scale and eventually make that cloud center of excellence, a cloud center of enablement where you're, ultimately curating from these folks and your job is to then learn from the organization, harden it and then redistribute it. So ultimately you just have to be able to, to be able to get uh, cloud fluency at scale. You have to start somewhere and you know, you have to do it now. Um, and there's a pretty big call to action out there uh, given, you know, competition, you got, you got a lot of barbarians at the gates here. Um, you know, you got data centers that are that are uh, starting to uh, you know leak, right? And uh, where, where are you going to put your investment? And I would say, you know, the best bet in investment is your people. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We'll have to leave it there. So where can we find more of your stuff out on the web and where can we find more information about Cloud Guru? Yeah, so for A Cloud Guru, just acloud.guru. Uh, go there. We're, we're um, you know, pretty self-explanatory in what we what we provide. Uh, we're actually on the you know things like the AWS Marketplace, all sorts of stuff. Uh, we're, we're also multi-cloud out, out there as well. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on, on Twitter. Pretty, pretty easy to find me. So Drew Fearment. Uh, F-I-R-M-E-N-T. Uh, feel free to connect with me and I'd love to uh, continue the conversation. Yeah, we'll have you back on at some point in the future. It was an interesting conversation. I learned a lot. So anyway, please pick up a copy of my book, Cloud Computing and Soa Convergence, available on Amazon and other places books are sold. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at David Linthicum, L-I-N-T-H-I-C-U-M, as well as LinkedIn, Learn LinkedIn, where I have several cloud computing courses on LinkedIn Learning. So until next time, best of luck in building your cloud computing solutions. We'll talk to you in one week. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Cloud, please check out the other ones. Removing hybrid and multi-cloud complexity is the focus of a report that David wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about taking IT to the next level, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.